may or may not be a good sports grid listener. Test yourself. If you've ever bet your wife you can balance a park bench on your chin, you're probably our kind of listener. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Listen, this is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down on the Thursday night uh, throwdown. National Football League. Week 10 pretty much picks up uh, where Week 9 left off. Chaos and uh, carnage. Can't say it was a wild uh, night tonight. It was a strange uh, night tonight. Uh, strange results, strange final score, strange stat line, strange fantasy line, strange DFS numbers, strange twilight zone-ish. Uh, tonight is the Miami Dolphins that beat the Baltimore Ravens. 22-10 is the final score, and of course it was 22-10 because I played an in-game over 32-and-a-half. And for whatever reason, Lamar Jackson, who is like one of the greatest running quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League, could have ran it in on the play right before he threw the interception. And, you know, it's one of those deals. It's going to happen if you bet every day. Just sometimes going to be the, you know one of those days where it's like, wow, wow, like this is about to go wrong, isn't it? And like, like worst-case scenario. I had a worst-case scenario to, uh, situation in all, all the games tonight. Like, basically, it was a train wreck. And we should have known, basically, when Justin Tucker is missing field goals, you know you got a problem, right? And Tucker, can you you believe this is how my night started tonight, and it was a sign of things to come. Ominous, all right? Ominous, to say the least. So I've got the uh, the long field goal prop over 46.5 yards. Game, you know, first drive of the game, boom. Tucker sets up. I'm like, man, the ball's on the 30-yard line. It's going to be a 47-yarder. No, they call it a 46-yarder. He drills it right down the middle. All right? So I, you know, it's like, well, I still have many opportunities of this. A couple of minutes later, it's a 48-yarder. All right? I'm about to win the bet. Tucker makes the kick. We win the bet. No. Tucker misses the 48-yarder. This guy could, like, hit a 48-yarder if he drank a bottle of Jack Daniels and was blindfolded. All right? No, of course he missed. And it was one of those, oh, yeah, 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 here we go. Here we go. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's uh, prop tonight was 67 and a half rush yards. He finished with 39. And uh, Tua comes into the game. That's another weird deal. I'm telling you right now, if you think that the the Dolphins were going to win this game if Jacoby Brissett stayed in the game, you're sorely mistaken. All right, Tua came in, and then, I don't know, stuff just started happening, right? Like, the big plays just started happening for them. Uh, disappointing loss for the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I'd have to say. And just a strange, uh, strange night. And so, I, you know, we had the end game over 32 and a half, and we should know, too. I bet that 32 and a half, if you remember, it was right before the half, and they were on, like, the three-yard line, and they called a penalty. And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to score a touchdown here. And I, you know what? This game's going to open up. This game's going to open up. So they they pick up the penalty. They don't score the touchdown. The total goes to 31 and a half instead of 32 and a half. I already got it at 32 and a half. 
Lamb's at 32. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Red Sea. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. It's the Thursday night uh, throwdown. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to unpack here this evening. We have a Windy City sports report. Julio Rosario will step up and enjoy his play-by-play voice in the Windy City Bulls. Uh, Chicago State uh, basketball. Uh, but it's basically our degenerate uh, specialist. Julio likes to lay it down, and so do we. Kurt Heelan's going to join us. Kurt Heelan from NBCSports.com uh, covers the NBA, does a great uh, job. You realize Kurt's like moving in on 100,000 Twitter followers. Uh, right now. Well, that's what happens when you're uh, you're tweeting great NBA information. So, uh, Kurt Heelan will step up in and join us. Uh, we've got Mike Blewett kicking with us as well. We'll talk NFL football with Mike Blewett. There's a lot of NFL football to get to. So, of course, you already know the Miami Dolphins won tonight 22-10. Uh, final score uh, this evening. A terrible and just listless performance uh, from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. All right, like you're talking about a Raven team, and that's that's sort of the that's sort of been the theme of this National Football League season, hasn't it been? Nobody is really like great, great. You know what I mean? Like Arizona's been pretty damn good, you know, very good. Tennessee's been really good, but there's a lot of these teams where you're like, yeah, this team's really good. This team's like they're the best team in the division, and then you know they turn around and then they lose. And I tell you what, the point spread went up to eight and a half uh, tonight in this football game. So we saw what happened last week with all of those underdogs winning and winning outright, and here we go. The circus has come to town once again. And the Miami Dolphins step up with the big win tonight, 22-10, and this just opens up the door for everybody else, specifically in the AFC North, where there's some big-time games coming up, including uh, the Cleveland Browns taking on the New England Patriots. Steelers uh, get the Lions uh, this week. Odell Beckham. Uh, everybody wondered where he was going to end up. Not a lot of people thought it would be with the Los Angeles Rams. From a city perspective, uh, you know, it made sense, right? And from a glamour perspective, it made sense. But you figure the Los Angeles Rams just brought in Von Miller. You figure how much money the Los Angeles Rams actually have left. And you figure the Los Angeles Rams already have Robert Woods. They already have Cooper Cup. Uh, they already have Van Jefferson, who's coming into his own right now. They already have Tyler Higbee. But you know what? You can never have too much talent. You can never have too much skill. Cam Newton returns to Carolina. This is Sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marinci. We're kicking it. It's the Thursday night uh, throwdown. Uh, we've got uh, triple threat. Uh, Kurt Heelan will step up and then we'll talk some NBA basketball. Clippers are beating the Miami Heat uh, right now. The overhyped Miami Heat uh, melting. 
uh, on the West Coast. They get beat down, uh, of course, by Denver. Uh, they choke against the Los Angeles Lakers. And now they're uh, losing to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, so Los Angeles takes center stage. Shout out to everybody in L.A. And, of course, San Diego, the mightier uh, 1090 uh, this evening. Odell Beckham is now a Los Angeles Ram. And it'll be interesting to see um, all the uh, the freezing cold takes um, from from the past about Odell Beckham, like when the Rams are lighting it up and like he's, he's scoring touchdowns for them and all that. Well, he sucks. Nobody wants him and all that other stuff. So it was somewhat of a surprise that it was the Los Angeles Rams when it was all said and done. A lot of people thought it was going to be the Chiefs. Uh, the Patriots, listen, there, there, were a, there were numerous teams that wanted to sign uh, Odell. He really did have his, his opportunity to pick and choose, including Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. All right, the New England Patriots uh, wanted in, the Chiefs uh, wanted in, but he, you know, when, when, he, when he got traded from the New York Giants, it was one of those deals where Behind the scenes, he was sort of pushing for a trade, except publicly he didn't want people in New York to think that, right? He didn't want to be the bad guy in New York, right? Because in New York, it was kind of split, right, with how people felt about Odell, right? Because, you know, you got to remember, too, when he was on the New York Giants, he was amazing, right? So, you know, he sort of played it up, oh, I love the Giants, I love being here, but he was taking shots at Eli Manning a lot, and... He was sort of like trying to get traded, except the thing is, the Giants called his bluff, right? They called his bluff, and you'll see this in sports sometimes, when a player wants to get traded, and they'll do it quickly. And the thing is, Odell Beckham never in a million years thought he'd get traded to Cleveland, right? So he, you know, he, he didn't want to go to Cleveland, so that's the thing. Like, why? Like, you know, was he a malcontent in Cleveland? I don't know if it was, you know. Malcontent might be a strong word. He clearly wasn't happy. The fact of the matter is, the Cleveland Browns were better off without him. Anyways, they went on that Cle- they went on that playoff run without him, right? It just didn't work out. But he never asked to go to Cleveland. Like he never signed on. You know what I mean? He never said, "Oh, I want to go to Cleveland." Now listen, it's a completely different debate, and we can have. You know, I totally get it. Well, it doesn't matter whether you like it. You're in the league and all that other type of stuff. But. Fine. That's not the way the the way the world works. Okay, uh, and that's not the way that the professional athletes think either. He's thinking, dear God, it's Cleveland's like the last place I want to go to. Remember, like he had like an orange, like um, he had like an orange uh, Bentley or something like that, or a Rolls Royce, whatever the hell it was. And they said, oh, you got it because of the Browns. And he said, no, I actually already had it. <laughs> like, so it wasn't like, but I can't. I can't, um, and I don't think anybody can excuse and defend his attitude in Cleveland when you consider the Cleveland Browns were a good football team. But at the same point in time, there's some interesting numbers here that I, you know we'll go over here. And remember when like Odell Beckham's father was posting stuff about how Baker Mayfield just can't get his son uh, the football? And this is amazing. 32.4% of Odell Beckham Jr.'s targets this year have been off target. 11 of the 34 targets. So he's been targeted 34 times. 11 times it was a horrible pass. That is the highest off-target percentage 
for any receiver. All right, in 2021. <laughs> okay, so like it was. So uh, is it that Odell Beckham is like terrible, and or was it that Baker Mayfield was? You know what I mean? So look, 34 times, 32 percent of the time, 11 percent of the time, it was like a bad pass to him. And all you need to know is the only other receiver in the National Football League, all right, that was over 30% so far this year is Robbie Anderson. And who does Robbie Anderson play with? Sam Darnold. Did anybody see the Carolina game this past weekend when Robbie Anderson, like, lost it on the sidelines at Sam Darnold? I know people think Odell Beckham is like the biggest diva and the biggest like jerk and the biggest this and that. No, he's just a star wide receiver that plays you know with bad quarterbacks and starts to lose it when he does. Now he should have kept his mouth shut when he was playing with Eli Manning, who's a future Hall of Famer. So he wanted out of New York. He got out of New York. He ends up in Cleveland. He never wanted to be there. And in the end, he gets his wish because behind the scenes, he wanted to get traded to Los Angeles, right? It was always Los Angeles or the New Orleans Saints. Like, this is a bad day for Odell haters, though, because he ends up exactly where he wanted, right? He ends up, if you're wondering about the money, it's like $4.25 million. Um, with a uh, with a five hundred thousand dollar like guarantee signing bonus, so you got five hundred k. That'll pay his rent type thing. That'll pay for the hotel for a couple of weeks. That that'll pay for rent. But it, that is fascinating, isn't it? Thirty two point four percent of Odell Beckham Jr.'s targets this year were off target. Highest uh, percentage of any receiver in the league, other than Robbie Anderson, who nearly assaulted Sam Darnold on the sidelines the other day. Which leads us to, you know, basically, it was, you know, it, things were so bad that you got wide receivers yelling at Darnold, he's hurt, and now Cam Newton's in. But we'll get to Cam Newton momentarily. As far as as far as Odell Beckham is concerned, and I know, like, I see it on Twitter, and you see it with people. They'll say, oh, he's going to do this, and he's going to ruin that. He's going to ruin this. Do you really honestly believe that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have the same damn attitude playing with Matt Stafford, playing with Sean McVay, playing with Robert Woods, playing with Cooper Cup, playing in Los Angeles? If he does have a problem now, then you know what? He'll never be happy. Right? He'll never be happy. Look, he didn't like the city of Cleveland. I'm not saying he didn't like the people of Cleveland, but he's not a cold-weather dude. You know what I mean? He's not one of those lunch pail type of, like, hey, C-Town. He just wasn't a good fit there. He didn't like Baker Mayfield. And it was a problem. And if that's his biggest fault, like his biggest fault is he's just a jerk to his quarterbacks, right? Like he just sort of insults them and... It's a problem, right? It's a problem. But he won't be a problem with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, does this put the Rams over the top? No. You know what I mean? To me, and this is what's amazing to me, because you could argue that, hey, listen, the Rams didn't really need Odell. But Odell does help them a hell of a lot. All right? Odell Beckham 
is still a dangerous deep threat. All right, so he can stretch the field, and he's going to open things up for Robert Woods and Cooper Cup right now. And for people to think that Odell is going to want to get the ball like 18 times and, oh, I'm not targeted, you know what I mean? I don't get targeted enough and stuff. He's going to be fine in Los Angeles. And Matt Stafford and McVay are going to know how to keep him happy. And it's pretty simple. You just get him him a damn touchdown. It's pretty simple. (laughs) Pretty simple. You get him a touchdown, right? And you even tell Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, like, you know, privately, listen, don't flip out, but we're, we're in, when we're in the red zone, we, we want to get him a touchdown, all right? We're just going to get him in a good mood, and it's going to get open things up for you, and we're going to, you know, yeah, yeah, it's very simple. Odell is a team guy. As long as he's, if he, you know, he thinks, you know, the team is good and he's part of it and stuff, he'll be just fine. To me, the question mark is the quarterback. Matthew Stafford, bring it. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. Has this ever happened to you? You're walking down the sidewalk, minding your own business, surfing on your phone, got across the street, and... Excuse me. To protect the safety of wandering, distracted smartphone users, South Korean technologists have invented a large, bulbous electronic eyeball. A third eye glued onto the middle of your forehead. Look down at your phone... And it opens, unblinkingly scanning for any obstacle you might run into. Oh. Okay, this is not an actual product, but instead an art project. The point? To remind mindless, wandering zombie smartphone users... Get your eyes off your phone and pay attention to the world around you! Follow me, at Chico Palbo, on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this! Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you've got to do is listen. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Halfback passes to the center. Back to the wing. Back to the center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Half back, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! I can't bear this any longer, I'm leaving. The late night anger management class, this is Sports Rage, I am arrested. It's the Thursday night throwdown. A lot of stuff uh, to talk about. The Miami Dolphins beat the Baltimore Ravens this evening, uh, but we're just talking about uh, Odell Beckham and the Los Angeles Rams. And let's be real. He's essentially just, you know, he's the new Deshaun Jackson, uh, so to speak. Um, he's going to fit in uh, with with the team. He's going to fit in uh, with his teammates. He's going to fit in in the city. He's going to fit in with the media. You know, the one thing is the Los Angeles media is not like other media. The Los Angeles media is not like trolls and stuff. So, and another thing is, like, the L.A. media is used to dealing with big personalities, so, like, Odell's just, you know what I mean? Odell's not even the biggest star in the city. You know what I'm saying? The New York media is different. The New York media is confrontational, right? Like, they're always looking for something and making something out of nothing. 
right? The L.A. media doesn't care. Like, the L.A. media is much nicer. Let's just call it out for what it is. They're much, much more supportive, right? You know what I mean? Like, look, when the Dodgers lost in the playoffs, and I did it too. When the Dodgers lost in the playoffs, we were sympathetic. Oh, they had injuries and this and that, and you know what I mean? The Yankees lose in the playoffs, and, like, you know what I mean? Uh, should he be charged for stealing money from the Yankee organization? Like, <laughs> uh, he should be banned. So um, you look at the, the L.A. Rams, and to me, and I said this going into the break, and I want to get into this, I don't know, you bring in Odell, fine. If you look at all the teams that he could have ended up on, it's the best fit for him among the best fits, like next to the Chiefs. So basically, it was the Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots, or Seattle Seahawks. And they all offered. Like, reportedly, it wasn't just, I mean, he could have went to any one of these teams. Right? The the Green Bay Packers offered him, like, the minimum. There were reports that the Packers offered him the minimum. The, the, the Rams, I don't know where the Rams find his money, but the Rams just found another $4.5 million dollars. So they gave him $4.5 uh signing bonus. I don't know why the Chiefs didn't work out. Uh, the New Orleans Saints didn't have enough money. They couldn't pull it off. I think the New England Patriots were sort of one of his last choices. And the Seattle Seahawks, I think Odell was not stupid. Right? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? So uh, like, if you're Odell Beckham, the Green Bay Packers would have been cool. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been a good fit for him. He could have fit in and stuff. But I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is enough drama to deal with there on his own. I'm just saying, like, you go into Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like, Odell's just another guy there. He's just another guy. And he does help the football team. But to me, you know, does it's no, like, you know, does it turn the needle, so to speak? No, not really. It shows the Rams are all in. All right. They're just trying to stockpile talent as much as they can. I respect that. But the real, the real deal to me is, is Matthew Stafford, and I'm not going to argue with anybody, and you know that Matthew Stafford doesn't have a stronger arm than Jared Goff does. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that, oh, that Jared Goff can make all the throws down the field that Matthew Stafford can. He can't. But what I will tell you, and it's the same thing I told you as soon as that deal was made, and I told you coming into the year, I said, how many like how many big games has Matthew Stafford played in? Number one. And number two, how many big games has Matthew Stafford won? And then, well, he was on the Detroit Lions. Well, you mean when he was playing with the Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson? I mean, you know, Matthew Studsley, let's be real. The Detroit Lions had talent over the years, okay? You know what I mean? Did they, did they win? No. But Matthew Stafford was part of that. All right? So I've never seen Matthew Stafford win a big football game before. And you throw a guy in like this, I'll tell you what. He did not handle the pressure. He did not handle the pressure very well against the Tennessee Titans the other night. And if you look at the Rams now... They are completely like, there's not much more they can do right now, right? There's nothing more they can do. Short of bringing in Eric freaking Dickerson, all right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Short, short of like, uh, you know, signing Hunter. Uh, uh, you know, Hunter, 
you know, who the hell, like Fred Dreyer, who the hell can they, you know what I mean? There's nothing more that they can do. They have all the talent right now. It's up to Sean McVay. It's up to Sean, and Sean McVay is another one. Like, you know, if you look at the Rams, guys, they have mortgaged the effing future, man. All right? They have, like, limited draft picks for years to come. All right? Their their salary structure is whacked. Like, they're from a long-term perspective, this thing's a train wreck. Right? Like, it's almost like, yeah, you better win the Super Bowl, you know, type of deal. Like, not even, like, I don't know, getting to the Super Bowl, I guess it's okay, but you already did that. You already did that. And, oh, yeah, you blame Jared Goff for that, even though you're the one to call the plays and, you know, you're the one that never saw a zone before. Right? So, you can't blame Jared Goff now. Right? Like, McVay, if you're McVay, you've been given everything, man. You've been given everything. Right? Like, what more can the ownership group do for, for Sean McVay right now? They've mortgaged the entire franchise's future to win now. And... They didn't think that Jared Goff was the guy to do it. I don't know if Matthew Stafford is the guy to do it. I have doubts about the Rams' defense still, and I've also said this time and time again. If you're a good team, you can move the ball on the Rams. You can throw the ball on these guys. We just saw Ryan Tannehill do it, right? Like, you know what I mean? They're they're so top-heavy with their talent, the Rams, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to have talent everywhere when you got mega stars making mega money out of few positions. But, you know, I think they're a dangerous-ass team. I think they're in the mix. Does Odell put them over the top? No, but he does not hurt them, and he does help them. It, it's a shot. It rejuvenates the room. You know, they bring in Vaughn Miller. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, Vaughn Miller did a video today where he was just getting there, and he's like, what, Odell Beckham? And, like, he was all fired up. He's like, I'm going to call him right now. <laughs> like, it was a cool little video. And, like, you know what I mean? It's it's a shot in the arm. I don't think Cooper Cup or um, – I don't think Cooper Cup or Robert Woods will be upset because, number – they've already been paid, man. These guys are making big-time money. All right? So, you're just adding Odell Beckham to an offense that already leads the NFL – uh, first in NFL in, in passing yards. Cooper Cup uh, leads the NFL in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdown receptions. You're just throwing Odell into this. They're going to be a fun team to watch. People in San Francisco are upset right now because they're, they're you know local media people in San Francisco are saying, "Look at this." You know what I mean? Look, look, look what the Rams are doing. Look where we're at right now. We're you know he wouldn't even consider us, right? We're not even in the mix. And, of course, the, the, the Rams play the 49ers. Rams play the 49ers on Monday Night Football. It's going to be a, a lot of fun, the NFL regular season. Normally, it's like, ah, whatever, let's just get to the playoffs. This year, it's different. You know, there's some serious battles going on for playoff spots. Not everybody can get in. The AFC is a complete demolition derby. And the NFC, you got a bunch of elite teams that are just stockpiling talent. Uh, and you know, only two teams can make the Super Bowl, man. You know I mean, you got Arizona. Arizona's loaded. The, the Rams are loaded. You got the Aaron Rodgers coming back with the Packers. And then, of course, you've got Russell Wilson. Seattle is not one team I'm not ready to write off yet. I think Seattle is going to beat Green Bay this week and, and shake things up a little bit. And then you got Cam Newton back. Wow. Now, 
Cam Newton's another player. This is a bad day for like certain types that hate players like Cam Newton, Odell, anyone with personality. Now there's there's it's sort of like there's two ways of looking at this with, with Odell with with uh with, with Cam Newton. All right, there's two ways of looking at it. Part of me thinks like what the hell are the Carolina Panthers doing? Like, do you guys have a plan? And the answer is clearly no, you don't. Right? So what? Your plan was to bring in Sam Darnold? All what? All because you could draft J.C. Horn? Right? So your plan was to bring in Sam Darnold and he was going to be the savior Well, you didn't watch him play football with the New York Jets? Listen, I'm not an NFL scout. I can tell you Sam Darnold sucks. I told you Sam Darnold sucked before the year started. All right? So... Why Why wouldn't you, Carolina, just have drafted Justin Fields? You could have got the quarterback for your future. So, no, no. And they got P.J. Walker, who's, you know, the XFL guy. He's okay, but he's, you know what I mean? Cam Newton is good. Cam Newton is still good, and Cam Newton's better than P.J. Walker's. But what I'm just wondering about Carolina is, what? who do you think you guys are? You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't you just sort of roll with these punches and just kind of suck and get another top 10 draft pick? But, like, are you guys thinking, oh, we're a playoff team and Cam Newton's going to come in here? Because I'm not telling you what's going to happen with Carolina. Cam Newton will go in there. They'll win some games and stuff, but they won't make the playoffs, and then they'll just have a worse draft pick. Like, I don't believe that Cam Newton's going in there and saving this thing in Carolina. All right? I, I just don't. Their division that they play in is a killer. Their schedule is difficult. Yeah, I just I don't see that happening. And so, what's the point? Like, what you brought Cam? You brought Cam Newton in to sell some tickets. This was an ownership move for sure. But I mean, what's your plan? That's my deal. You should be rebuilding for the future, not living in the past. And I like Cam Newton, but I think it was a you know that's the way I look at this. Bring it, Maurice Allen. 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. You're listening to the voice of authority, actionable insights, and expert analysis on daily sporting events. In other words, information you can take to the bank. Stay tuned for more sports gaming strategies that are as good as gold. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. Let's talk NBA basketball with one of my favorite guests and a great Twitter follow. Kurt Heelan, uh, you got to follow him, NBC Sports, uh, lead writer, managing editor. Let's talk hoops, NBA on NBC. Dun, 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 greatest theme song ever. Kurt, how you doing, my man? Always a pleasure. 
I'm doing good. Yeah, it's it's rare that we praise John Tesh, but that that song still works. Yeah, I thought it always blew people's uh, minds away, right? They were like, "What? The guy from Entertainment Tonight wrote that?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah he did, <laughs> John Tesh. So, uh, Kurt, a lot of stuff uh, to get to here, and I wanted to ask you actually because obviously we talk a lot of football on the show, and I am a fan of Bill Parcells's quote: "You are what your record says you are." Now, he said that after eight games you know the the thought process was midway through the season and every sport sort of has that well now now it's sort of getting real and reading one of your uh, one of your pieces over at NBC Sports I see coach Tibbs Thibodeau in New York says you know what when they say it's 10 games they say you need 20 when when you say 20 they say you need 30 at 30 you say 40 before you know it the season's over it's a bunch of BS says Thibodeau who benched his starters in the fourth quarter Thibodeau obviously believes you are what your record says you are now Kurt how do you feel about this where are we at in the NBA season right now as far as overreactions, underreactions? Yeah, I think I think 10 games in you can start to react, but it's really about 20 where in most cases you can make um, – you, you, you can pretty much know. I mean, like right now the Bucks are kind of 6-6-12 six and six, games in, but uh, no DiVincenzo. Brooke Lopez has only played in a couple of games. You know, Middleton's missed a chunk. So with the smaller sample size, you've got to take into account like, yeah, they're 6-6, six and six, but – Look who's missed all these games, and by the way, they're bringing those guys back, and this is the same group that made it to the finals last year. Like, I don't think you can, I don't think you can look too hard at their six and six and freak out about it. But I think you can with some other situations. Like, it, I don't know. I think if you're the Pelicans, it, it's fair. It's fair yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're bad. Yeah, we can judge this. The jury's in. You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think I think it's a little situational. But you get 20 games in, I think you're going to have a pretty good idea. And, and and I think it ties in with a lot of teams. It's like the Lakers are kind of a great example of, yeah, I think 7-5 and five now um, after the win last night. Yeah, they're above 500 team, but they're missing LeBron. It's, it, it, you know, there's moments where Westbrook's there, but he's also not making. You know, he's not been horribly efficient. He had a better game last night, but it, the efficiency with him comes and goes. And I'm like, I kind of think that's just who the Lakers are, right? Like, they're a pretty good team. If LeBron and Anthony Davis are fully healthy, they're a very dangerous team. But uh, how often are we going to see that during the regular season? That's a big if, and it's a long season as we're back to uh, to, to the regular seasons that we've come uh, used to. So let me, let me ask you, too, about the Lakers. One thing about the Lakers, every game there's drama, right? Every game's close, and that's something, and that's something that seems to be the theme so far this year. And the other thing is, I don't know, man, do they ever leave Los Angeles? Are they allowed to leave the county? Because they played <laughs> nine home games, Kurt. So I sort of figure what I think of the Lakers, sort of like you. I they are if they're healthy then they're a dangerous team the seasons could wear them out but it seems like they come down to the wire against a lot of bad teams right like it takes their best like deep effort I mean Carmelo's dropping 29 and stuff like that and they're winning by a couple of points but I'll give him credit that was a nice win against the Heat bro we got to give him credit for that yeah that's a good win like that's the schedule starting to toughen up and and winning without LeBron against the Heat is is a quality win and what's been a you're right. The schedule's pretty soft to start the season. It's home-heavy. They travel a lot more uh, the later part of the year. And, look, 
They're a marquee team, and this happens to a few marquee teams. You get a bunch of – you get a softer schedule early because what they want is, you know, hey, after the Super Bowl when they're – Exactly. Suddenly you get into March, they want those – when people are focused on the NBA, they want those marquee games, and suddenly the Lakers are playing every Saturday and Sunday against a really good team. So you get the soft ones early. That they're seven and five. I, look, they've won three. They're three and zero oh now in overtime games. And I'm just, I just, I wrote about this this morning. Good teams, statistically, just good teams don't win a lot of close games. Good teams just aren't in close games. Good teams tend. To- it's interesting. Oh, so you're not saying, oh, they should hang their hat. Hey, you guys win a lot of close games. Like, no, you're in a lot of close games. I like your your your, yeah, your attitude. Yeah, yeah. At the end, at the end of the day. Those three overtime games, hey, good for them, but the bounces will go another way. Somebody will make a shot. You won't get to the overtime or you'll lose an OT. That's, that, those kind of things tend to be more fluky, and they tend to balance out a little bit. The be, if you look at hey, who won the most games by 15 points every year, well, you, it's a list of who's who. It's a list of who you've got to beat. And that the Lakers aren't doing this in the soft part of the schedule is, is concerning because – Starting, you know, with the Heat, but in particular over the next few weeks, it does start to get tougher for them. Uh, Kurt Heelan uh, with us, NBCSports.com. Uh, so, Kurt, let me ask you. Uh, I'll get your take on this about who surprised you, and I'll throw. I'll just t- sort of go rapid fire. Washington, the Washington Wizards does not surprise me. I thought it was a great trade for them. I thought they really built the roster. I like Hachimura. I like Beal. I'm a big Dinwiddie fan. I am not surprised the Washington Wizards are a good basketball team. Maybe I'm surprised their record is as good uh, as it is. The Bulls, I was unsure of. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't think this team can play defense. I sort of thought the Bulls were going to be like a pickup team, and I was like, flash but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to win with all these guys, but it's come together. And then the Cavaliers, I was sort of intrigued with the big guys and the roster, but I didn't think they'd be this difficult to play against. So I guess I got to say the Cavs, they're a tough team to play against, man. And as a legal betting man, you know, I bet on the Cavs. These guys are scrappy. They go on the road. They have a mental toughness. They lose Sexton. Hey, you know what? They have Rubio still. I know they lost that heartbreaker. Who's the biggest surprise? Surprise story to you in 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 in, uh, in Eastern Conference. I'm with you on the Bulls, by the way. I'd probably make. I just I, the, the, maybe the biggest surprise to me early in the season is that they have a. It was top five. It's certain. I haven't looked in the last day or two, but it, it, it probably still top ten defense in the NBA. I did not expect that from them. I didn't think no, that yeah. they were like. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna be top five offense, bottom five, bottom ten defense. <laughs> Look at the guys that they have. How could anyone think they were gonna be an offensive team? And and they've been really good on that. And the offense has been a little more hit and miss. They've been better than I thought they were were going to be. And I think that if they can sustain the defense, and it looks like that, you know, this is real so far. Then yeah, that's not a bad team. That's a that's a, a, a top sixteen. They're not. I don't think they're winning a title, but I think that they're better than I thought they were. Um, the yeah. I, look, I thought the Wizards would be good. They've been better than a little better than I thought. But the Cavaliers are one man. I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel. I thought their roster construction was odd. First off, Evan Mobley's good. Not, not yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good. So let me ask you, Kurt, because I was I liked him, but the whole thing was, who was he? Is he a tweener? What what is he in the NBA? How does he fit? Well, he fits by getting rebounds, playing aggressive, and man, this kid's explosive. Like really good, as you stated. That's been a surprise, but I guess we shouldn't be. I mean, the kid went third overall. Well, yeah, but he was always a project. I think that that's what's interesting. Yeah. Like, he was like, 
you know, the GM survey, they predicted, I think everybody predicted either Green or Cunningham to win the Rookie of the Year. And Mobley, but the GMs had voted Mobley, you know, best player in the class five years from now. But he came along much faster, and, and, and his ability to score, look, he can face you up. He can, he can set the pick and pop out and hit a shot. He can roll to the rim. He's, like you said, explosive. Put the ball on the floor, cuts off the ball. He's just scoring in a variety of ways, and defensively, he's athletic and long and disruptive. And, I mean, I'm, I'm loath to make player comparisons because it's not really fair. But he's got an Anthony Davis style of game and that he can do a little bit of everything and be really forceful on both ends. And I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. Plus, he's, it, it took a little while for them to figure it out, but he and Jared Allen are meshing much better the last week, week or two weeks. And if they can play those two together, that's a good defensive front line suddenly. We got a couple more minutes uh, with Kurt Heelan. So we're talking NBA basketball, Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks. So college basketball tipped off uh, this week. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. All the sports are sort of um, colliding at once. So if people didn't realize, Kate Cunningham and Jalen Green uh, played against each other. And we all remember, so Jalen Green, when he got drafted, guys, went out of his way to take a shot at Detroit. I never wanted to go to Detroit. I don't want to live there. And, you know, so he goes out of his way. And I thought it was a pretty unnecessary thing to do uh, in which he did, just like it was an unnecessary thing uh, for him to do to taunt Kate Cunningham. I don't know Jalen Green. He could be a good kid. He's trying to make a name for himself. I get it. Uh, you know, no one likes bashfulness in today's day and age. I'm old, Kurt. You and I getting old, so I get I get what he's doing. He's selling stuff. You're doing your thing, but I got to tell you, I'm glad Cade Cunningham got the W here. I'm on Team Cade here. Like Jalen, just shut up and play ball, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, look, I think Jalen's going to be a really good player, but uh, he has not been. He's averaging, I mean, averaging about 15 points a game, whatever the exact number is, but but he hasn't been efficient, and that's pretty common for rookies. I mean, that's just that that comes with time, but it's been a little more of a struggle than I expected it to be for him. And so, yeah, I'm not. I don't think the Rockets have a lot of place to talk smack. I know he wanted to kind of have some fun with Kate <laughs> and Cunningham. Cunningham, I mean, he's he's looked better the last couple of games. You know, he had a really ugly shooting start when he got back, but. I missed all of training camp and then you and in the first couple games and you just throw him into an NBA game, even on a minutes limit. Like that's, that's get a lot of a rookie and he's struggled a little bit, but he's, he's looked better and better each game. And I do, I really like the way he's got a well-rounded game. I think you're going to be able to, however good he ends up being, he's the kind of guy who can fit with a lot of different types and make it work. You know what's funny? we got to get you out of here, Kurt, but it's funny how hindsight revisions history. Heard a lot of people talking in the, about the draft this past year. Well, there's some good players, but there's not really some, you know, impact players. Just, yeah. just some sort of good players. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, I don't know, Evan Mobley looks like a pretty pretty, pretty good impact player. Scotty Barnes looks like he could be a pretty special yeah. player. Right? You know what I mean? Like, there's some guys that are like, hey, you know, we could go on and on. But it looks like it's a pretty strong class so far early. It is. You keep going down the list. Davion Mitchell has looked really pretty strong. Yeah, Chris Duarte. Uh, uh, Chris, I was, that was the one I was going to go to next. Duarte has been I mean, put on a team where they're expected to do well, and he has taken a lot of minutes and knocked down a lot of shots and played really well. Um, Franz Wagner, Wagner in, in Orlando is been surprisingly good. I mean, better than my Dan Feldman, my number two at uh, NBC Sports is a Michigan grad. He's like, I don't think he was this good. He wasn't this good at Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> just, this whole 
this whole class has been better than expected so far. And hey, Michigan Wolverines, pretty talented team this year. I'll tell you that, uh, Kurt. So, uh, man, great catching up with you. Um, man, it's been it's been a fun season so far. Just on the way out, when is LeBron coming back? And LeBron's got to be pretty happy right now. His boy Odell's coming to town, and you know, Odell, uh, uh, LeBron was one. Of, I think he started that hashtag free OBJ. So, in other words, I know you go to a lot of Laker games. You're going to be seeing OBJ there sitting courtside. You know, he's going to be there. He's quite the baller. OBJ actually told people he thinks he can be a starter in the NBA now off the street. <laughs> I, well, maybe the Lakers will pick him up then. They could, you know, look, as big a star. Veteran, as, veteran minimum, you're right. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier to get closer to him than Adele. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she got like a lot of security and she's that big, huh? Uh, yeah, the, the, um, the, the Adele bodyguards are good sized. Let's just say they, they're, they're, <laughs> they're in the, more size than the Raptors. <laughs> hey, Kurt Healing, great catching up with you, Kurt. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be here. So we encourage people you want to stay on top of the NBA and all the stories. Follow Kurt on Twitter. Thanks for the time, Kurt. Take care, man. Now you can get the winning edge wherever you want with the Sports Grid mobile app. Even a PTA meeting. Your wife may or may not approve. Gosh. The Sports Grid TV Network is a new streaming video sports channel for you, dedicated to serving the massive fantasy sports and wagering audience. Sports Grid TV is live, free on Sling TV, with real-time data and expert commentary featuring Pat McAfee, Scott Farrell, Gabe Marinci, Pro Football Doc Dr. David Chow, NFL Insider Adam Kaplan, and more. Simply download the Sling TV free app and go to the sports channels to watch Sports Grid and get the winning edge. That's Sports Grid TV, free on Sling TV. How would you rather feel? Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports? Just breathe, dude. Or swimming in the warm waters of confidence that comes from having the winning edge? We thought so. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I see everybody's growing mustaches and stuff. Movember. I'm not growing nothing, man. Hey, you know, like, really? People, all these people? It seems to be big in the hockey world and stuff. Hey, oh, look at your, oh, you're growing a mustache. Oh, oh, oh. So can, I, can I just give to the charity? <laughs> I'll keep, uh, uh, can I just give to the charity? I'll, I'll kick in a couple of bucks. I'll kick, in, uh, I'll kick in a couple of bucks to the charity instead of uh, growing the... Uh, like, uh, growing the, uh, the mustache grow tea thing here for uh, Movember. We support the cause, but uh, <laughs> I'm not seeing all these hockey dudes. God, hockey people are annoying. They all have, like, the serious look on their face again. I'm like, oh, boy, what are you guys pretending to be concerned about now? Oh, the duck situation. What, you that concerned because Bob Murray's an alcoholic? No. I cannot believe that, an, that a general manager in the NHL is an alcoholic. No way. No. <laughs> no. You're not allowed to be a general manager in the NHL unless you're an alcoholic. Like, basically, that's part of the test, like, to become a general manager in the NHL. Like, I'm dead serious. That's part of the test. The test is, all right, you know, you, you were in the league, your knowledge, your good trade, all right. Can you drink? Can you, you know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean? Can you drink? That's, like, seriously. 
An NHL general manager's nose is redder than Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hey, listen, I know. I I remember I caught into the elevator once with uh, Harry Neal and Joe Bowen. So Joe Bowen, Joe Bowen's the play-by-play guy of the Leafs. Uh, Harry Neal was like the former coach of the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, he's whatever. Hey, I'm Harry Neal. I looked over. I'm like, dear God. Like, I, their noses, bl- like, dude, they had, like, the old man tavern thing going with the vessels popped out of the nose. And, like, and I'm standing there, I look over, I'm like, oh, my God. I just thought to myself, like, how many drinks has this dude had? Been in the NHL, like, 50 years. Late night anger management class. This is Fortridge. OPJ, bring it. 